well, welcome to the Shantae Golson Show, where every small business owner and C-level and above executive will get outstanding uh, information to help them to stand out in the crowd to increase their productivity, their revenue, their outcomes. Mental wellness, wealth, productivity is what we focus on. And so if you have a message for me, make sure that you reach out at anchor.fn forward slash Shantae Golson forward slash message. And I'll be able to respond publicly to you through any type of video and or message. I have a special guest today, and my guest is here uh, to tell us some good information about how we executives and business owners can continue to flow throughout our day to be productive. And so uh, our guest today is Jen Espinoso Goswami. And I'm not sure if I got that correct, but I would love for her to share her direct name with us again uh, so that we can understand her and we can also reach her on social media as well. So it's important to have the full name. Welcome to the show today. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Shante. And you were pretty close with the name. Jen Espinoso. Espinosa Goswami. So in case you're curious, the Espinosa is my Hispanic heritage for my dad. Goswami is Indian for my husband. So I'm a mix of all sorts of fun things. All right. Well, welcome. And thank you so much for uh, allowing me to correct your name. I do apologize about that, that I didn't get it so clear, but I was close. I'm glad about it. A for effort. A for effort. <laughs> so you have a company called Weightless. And what I understand about your particular company is your specialty is in hacking sustainable lifestyle habits as a health coach and motivation speaker. So you tell me that you spent your entire life releasing your, your inner Wonder Woman beginning with uh, your 100 pound loss as a young college student and most recently as a, a marathon runner, way to go. So your passion as a speaker and health coach is to facilitate body bliss for every woman through health seminars and live events as well as private health coaching. So I understand that your story has been shared uh, across the media, Reader's Digest, Women's Health, uh, prevention and other media. So, uh, you are residents of Minnesota. No, Minna, no, I have moved you. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about a little bit about uh, your story, um, how your story helped you to be a better mom, a better wife. Um, and just share with us the audience, how did you get to this point that you wanted to help your audience in this way? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, like many people who fall into entrepreneurship, it was never a goal of mine to be an entrepreneur. It kind of happened to me. Oh. And I, I guess you could say I was called. But my company, Weightless, I started it about nine years ago. And, and the intention behind Weightless was that I would share inspirational and motivational messages around how the general person, the, the average person, typical person, can make lifestyle change a reality for them. 
Mm. Because, you know, and we are looking at all this information in the media and the news saying that people who lose weight regain it all back, sometimes even more. It's not a positive message um, that we're receiving on a daily basis in mm -hmm. terms of our health habits. Yeah, and it, and it even motivate us to even try. Right, right. Like if you're being told that only 1% of people are able to achieve something, how likely are you to jump into that? Mm -hmm. And um, fortunately, I'm one of the 1%. I've been able to maintain my 100-pound weight loss for about 20 years now. So you know, back when I was starting my journey, I was a young college student. So I, didn't, I wasn't a mom. I was going to school for global studies in German. So I was very much into the international arena. Okay. I lived in Germany for some time. And my goal was to work for the Foreign Service at that time. But um, something happened that really inspired me to change my life. And maybe some of you can resonate with this, but my grandmother, Grandma Espinosa, she passed away when I was one month away from college graduation. Mm -hmm. And Grandma Espinosa is an amazing role model to me. She was a wonderful person in my family. I loved her very much. And she was the last of my grandparents to pass away. And I had been very hopeful she would come to my college graduation. So when she passed away, and I took a really hard look at my life and where I was going with my life, like everything was good. Mm -hmm. I was going to school with a double major. I was supporting myself. Everything was good. I was happy, but I was still morbidly obese. And it was getting more uncomfortable for me to fit into the world. And I mean physically and emotionally. Um, it was hard to find clothes to wear aside from special orders. It was hard for me to fit into seats in classrooms and things like that. It was uncomfortable. Mm. And um, so I did not lose weight because I wanted to live a long and healthy life, similar to my grandmother Espinosa, who was 88 when she passed. Okay. And knowing that there was some family history of diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack, stroke, all of these things, mm -hmm. I wanted to um, roll the dice in my favor and say, no, I can make positive changes and I'm gonna start doing it today so that maybe someday, someday, can be that role model for someone in my family or in the future generations as someone who made change happen and kept it up. That was my goal. <laughs> I you said a so initially, <laughs> that first year when I set out to start that journey, uh -huh. when I started my journey, I didn't know how much weight I wanted to lose. Of course, okay. there's ideal body weight and all those things. I know what my doctors told me. I know what my, my BMI was supposed to be, but that wasn't my goal. My goal was not to fit into a bikini or to look a certain way. My goal was to eat better, move more, and be healthy and fit into the world comfortably. Mm -hmm. So it, it took me about a year. I lost 100 pounds all on my own. I didn't do any products or shakes or support groups, nothing like that. Because innately, I think I knew that there was nothing I could not do once I set my mind to it. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I hadn't tried to lose weight as a kid. So I think you, I think you brought out a couple of good points. First of all, you, you just did it. Uh, I, I, to, to my understanding, you didn't necessarily prepare for it. You didn't say, I'm going to do it next month, next week, or when Sunday roll around. You said that you were just going to get it done. So in that, how did you identify levels of discipline? Because you have to understand, as you may be aware, you had to slowly get rid of 
all of the habits that you had for 20 plus years. And when you're starting a new habit process, that period is, has been longer, excuse me, with you longer, and the new habits have been with you shorter. So sometimes if you're not on your P's and Q's with your new habits, that the old habits are behind you waiting. They're waiting for you, <laughs> right? Uh, chips and candy and da-da-da-da, and, and no, don't go walking, da-da-da-da, all these particular things. So we, we're really talking about how to change habits, right? So what does, when it comes to weight loss or when it comes to your particular company, how do you help people to understand uh, body bliss? Thank you for asking that. I love talking about body bliss. So as opposed to a diet mentality or I need to be a certain size or I need to look a certain way in my photos, Body bliss is this idea that we can feel amazing in our bodies, no matter what size we are currently, no matter what size we want to get to eventually. And it's all about enjoying the process. I'm a very process oriented woman. That's mm -hmm. the process I bring to my coaching clients. Um, it's not about, you know, small actions you take once in a while or things that you decide to start and then end 30 days later. It's more about how you, you know, apply a process. Okay. So that's the same process I applied when I was losing weight, and it's a four-step process. So the first step of that is always going to be awareness, like with a journal. I wrote down everything I ate. <laughs> Every single bite, I was not lying to myself, and I didn't show anyone. It was just between me and my journal. And mm -hmm. that created awareness around not just what I was doing on a daily basis, but mm -hmm. it created awareness around my patterns. So you may be aware that during certain times of the month or certain weeks that you act a little bit differently than you normally do. And that's just part of life, you know, shifting life concerns and priorities. But mm -hmm. I was more concerned about what is the underlying pattern there? So if I noticed that I was eating a lot of ice cream at night, maybe it was the time of the month for me. Maybe it was I was stressed with school and work and everything else. So I had to create awareness around those patterns. And you can certainly use an app for that if you're an app-friendly person or into technology. At the time, what worked for me was a pen and paper. So you can go really old school like I did, or you can do some of the technology, whatever mm -hmm. you most resonate with. I don't tell people how to do the process. I tell them how to apply it. The second piece of the process was um, being really clear about where you want to be. For me, I had a lot of non-negotiables because I did not want my success to come at the tail end of some product or expensive thing that I needed to keep purchasing. So for me, it was all about real food. It was all about exercises that I could do regardless of whether I had a gym membership. It was um, things that I could apply consistently and still feel good about applying those things consistently. So I set very particular targets and um, strategies mm -hmm. based on my non-negotiables. You know, <laughs> I had to be clear about that. And then the third piece of the process is you, you apply some of those things and then you review. So at the end of the month, generally, I do monthly milestones with both myself and with clients. And a milestone is a project management term. So those of you in the project management world are familiar with this, that basically it's your stepping stone towards progress. Mm -hmm. When you have a larger goal that takes more time to accomplish, you need that small milestone so that you can celebrate your success and mark your progress. Yeah. So for me, that was in monthly segments. 
and you need to review and analyze. I'm a big analytical person. You need to analyze, is it working? Right. If it's not working, should I throw it out or should I replace it with something even better? Mm -hmm. And that's a really, it can be part intuitive process. It can be part being really clear on paper and, and um, plotting things out. If you're very analytical or visually oriented, you could do bubble maps. There's all sorts of ways you can apply this, but you absolutely need to review. Most of us, we jump out of a, a health program and we're like, oh, it's been 30 days. I did great. Now I'm going to go back to whatever else I did before. Yeah. No, you're not reviewing what's working for you. You're not applying and continuing with the things that work and you're not throwing out what didn't work. So that's a critical piece of that process. And the fourth piece is just celebrating your success. Even if it doesn't feel like your big, hairy, audacious goal, it's not the big kahuna, whatever you want to call it, yeah. but you need to celebrate those little milestones and that progress, even if it feels less than you were hoping to get to. Nobody's perfect. We all plateau. So it's about celebrating your progress along the way. So how does morning routines kind of fit in these four pillars? So morning routines are fantastic. Um, so some people who are watching may be like, uh, I'm no early bird. I am not going to get up before 10 o'clock. And then I need my cup of coffee and whatever else. I'm not instituting that anyone here should be getting up at the crack of dawn or even before the sun. What I'm saying is what you do in that first hour after you wake up is critical to not just your health during the day, but also your productivity. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that productivity and health are intimately related and connected. Yeah. And um, so there's five morning rituals that I have been using for years. I encourage my clients to establish a practice around this because it is going to just blow your mind in terms of success and productivity. And it'll also make you feel healthier and perhaps like you have some control over your day. And I didn't just come up with this. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually, there was a study in Forbes that stated um, they interviewed 500, Fortune 500 business owners, CEOs, executives, those types of people. And on average, it was determined that those people are up before 7 a.m. So if that feels a little challenging to you, it's okay. I'll help you apply what these morning rituals are, no matter when you wake up. The idea and the key there is you do it within the first five very simple habits that you can apply to get to choose. Okay. So waking up before seven, what would, uh, what would be the second one? Waking up before seven is just an example of the Fortune 500 leaders, but there are five rituals in particular that you should do, I hate using the word should, that would benefit you the most if you do them within the hour after you get up. Okay. So forgetting anything you normally have in your morning ritual, it could be you shower, it could be you have a cup of coffee. This is beyond that. Okay. So um, are, are you ready for me to dive into those or would you like to learn more about the benefits of mornings in particular. Yes, go ahead and dive into the morning uh, rituals that can skyrocket productivity and health. Absolutely. So these are loosely based on Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning series. If you're not familiar with the book, it's an international and there's a series for pretty much any type of life situation you're in, whether it's teachers, mothers, business leaders, millionaires, you name it, he's got a series for it. So I 
have been inspired by his morning miracle clients. Particular order, you get to choose the order and the importance of the order. I'm just going to list them in a certain order today. So the first one is write. And people struggle with this one, right? They're like, write what? Like, what am I going to write? Uh -huh. It depends. It depends on what your life looks like. If you're a business owner, you might write the three most important things that you need to tackle that day to reach your targets. If you are a CEO, it could be the three most important um, targets that you need to talk to your team about in order to achieve success. You know, it could be a lot of different things. It might even be your dream from last night or um, like ideas that you brainstormed when you slept because some of us do get fantastic ideas in the middle of the night. You get to choose what you write. Just make sure you have a dedicated space for it. And if you are creative, like I am, you know, as a speaker, a blogger, you learn to write a lot. And writing is a, is a need of mine. It's almost like breathing. But um, if you're creative, then I encourage you to do stream of consciousness writing, just whatever comes to your mind. Because that's where the gold nuggets are. And when we create space to be, to be creative, some of us it's in the shower, some of us it's as soon as we wake up. <laughs> so what's, what's another thing we should do in these, uh, within these five morning rituals? Absolutely. So the second one rather follows from writing, or even you could start with that one, but it's reading. <laughs> so simple, right? So some of us are like, I already do that, right? I, I open up my email on my phone and I read my email. That's not the type of reading I'm talking about. Uh, we are inundated with information. We're overwhelmed with information. That's not the type of reading I'm suggesting in your morning ritual. Instead, I would ask you to read something that reaches you on an emotional or spiritual level. So that could be a Bible reading. That could be a mantra. That could be an affirmation or multiple affirmations. It could be a positive article on good news or something like that, but something that sets the tone for your day, preferably positive. So not necessarily who died or who's saying what in the media today or who's, you know, trolling on this person, but something positive and not work related, if at all possible. Just read something that encourages you and allows you to set the tone for the day you want to have. So if I'm a night owl, uh, how, and I may uh, hate mornings or morning rituals, what's one thing that I can use to overcome that? So night owls, I feel you. <laughs> you know, I was one, once a night owl, no longer. I, I still wake up 5.30 every morning without an alarm clock because I've gotten into the habit of it. But if you're in the habit of being a night owl, there, there's an uphill battle there. I get it. So you can start small, which is how I recommend everyone start, is um, trying to find 10 or 15 minutes to go to bed earlier. Okay. I'm not saying go to bed an hour earlier. I'm not saying, you know, give up everything you to fall asleep earlier. Because if if you're not used to falling asleep early, you might be laying there and saying the amount of blue light that you absorb before bedtime. So blue light comes from phones. Blue light comes from our computers. Blue light comes from TV screens to some extent. So avoid the screens the half hour before you lay down the bed for your new bedtime time. 
and that will help your brain to relax. Blue light actually interferes with our brain waves and will cause you to stay awake. Yeah. So avoiding those screens the half hour before bed will help you get into the right mindset. So what's the ideal time to practice any significant lifestyle change? The best time is the time you're most likely to do it. <laughs> okay, tell me about that. Um, so, for example, yeah, so if you are used to go and find either that evening opportunity or that morning opportunity that you feel most energized. Now, everyone is different. However, Daniel Pink is also another author that I very much recommend. He wrote a book called When. And in this book, he shared that the most sharp and analytical mind um, decision making you can possibly do usually happens before noon. Mm -hmm. So especially if you have some important business decisions to do or to make, if you can do those before noon, that is probably the best place to, to be. Now, if you are in the afternoon time or in the evening time, your decision-making skills or your analytical capabilities may not be as strong. In that case, that's when it would behoove you to create some rituals around different times of day when you are not energized because your decision-making is compromised, if you will. So if you can establish a first this, then that routine or habit, then those things will attach themselves to each other and help you create a new habit. Okay. All right, Does that Jen. Make sense? Yeah, Jen, we appreciate you sharing those uh, strategies and those thoughts with us. You have a freebie. Tell us how we can get a hold of your freebie. Absolutely. So, one of the rituals that I didn't get to, but is one of my most important ones, is eating a healthy breakfast. I know some people are all into intermittent fasting and avoiding breakfast food or making coffee your breakfast, but that is not how you approach health. Your body has been fasting all night long and a healthy breakfast is actually 80% of people who have been able to maintain their weight loss do consistently eat breakfast. So there are a number of reasons why breakfast is important. Okay. And I have something called a breakfast blueprint, which is a one page download and it helps you mix and match a proper balanced healthy breakfast. So it's not telling you what to make. What it is telling you is that everything we eat is either a protein, fat, or carb. And if you want to have a balanced plate, it means having a protein, fat, and carb on that plate or bowl for every meal you have. So the breakfast blueprint makes it easy to mix and match the perfect balanced plate or bowl for your morning meal. So where do we uh, get that? Where Please do we go to uh-huh. Where do we get your breakfast uh, guide and your blueprint, rather, and where do can we meet you on social media? Well, first of all, I'll definitely get the breakfast blueprint. That's at bit.ly backslash breakfast now. So I encourage you to download that completely free to you. And if you'd like to be social with me and hang out with me, I encourage you to go to my digital home wait list chronicles.com and you can find all my social media out there i'm all over the place youtube instagram i pretty much do everything so come and say hi to me okay well thank you so much for being a guest today and helping us to understand how uh 
maintaining our weight and the habits are so relevant to productivity. We appreciate and honor you for uh, being here. So as we're closing out the Shante Golson show, we want you to know that healthy breakfast, healthy eating, uh, preparing your rituals, having understanding of what time of the day is very necessary for you to make good decisions, healthy, energetic decisions is something that you want to identify. As she stated, most of the time the decisions, at least the big decisions, should be made prior to 12 noon. That's because you still have high levels of energy. You haven't been bogged down yet with all of the hustle and bustles of trying to navigate other people's fires if you will, if you're in a leadership uh, division or a entrepreneur. And so with that being stated, we wish you health and wealth as well as productivity and stay tuned for the Shantae Golson show as we air every Tuesday. Take care of yourself. Take care, everyone.